welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Today I wanted to record a bit of a summary episode. So I've been getting lots of questions lately from people who are getting really stuck with writing for their website. And I see why. It can seem like a really intimidating job. And we've done some really awesome deep dive episodes here on the Business of Psychology with Ali Lynn, who's a copywriter, with Vicky Jakes, who's a keyword expert, and with uh, Melissa, who did an amazing episode with us on website design. But I know that it can all feel a little bit overwhelming and people can get really stuck with just the simple stuff of how to write the basic copy for a homepage and about page on the website. So what I wanted to do today was talk through the key principles for any kind of writing you're doing. I want to talk about the importance of keywords and how you can scatter those through your homepage and about page in order to make sure that Google finds, um, the, in order to make sure that the right people can find your website on Google. And then I wanted to talk through the two most important pages on your website, your homepage and your about page, and talk a bit about what you need to include on those pages and also what you can miss out that is often there just overwhelming people on our websites. So I hope this is going to be a really useful episode if you're feeling a bit stuck at the moment and need to get off the starting blocks with your website. There are a few key principles that you must remember when you're writing anything that's for your ideal client. So whether that's your website, whether that's your blog, whether it's emails or social media posts, anything that you write that is for your ideal clients, these are some key principles you must keep in mind. Number one, firstly, remember to write for those potential clients, not for your peers. This is such a problem for psychologists and therapists. We all do this. We all worry loads about what the people we trained with will think, what old supervisors will think, what other people in our professional groups will think. But the fact is that doesn't matter. If your mission is to help a certain client group who need your support, then think about them when you're writing and try to cut out all that noise Um, that your mind might generate about what other people in your life might think. Key principle number two, remember to speak their language. You've got to meet your ideal client where they're at right now rather than where you want them to be. So it may be that the way that they talk about their problems is really different from the way that you would frame them. I think that's very often true, especially if we're in the perinatal, parenting or child development space. It might be that people are saying things online, asking questions online, and you found your ideal clients and you've been talking to them, but you feel a bit uncomfortable with the way that they phrase things. You need to find a way to use that phrasing, their words, in your content and in your website so that they can see that you understand them and that you don't judge them. People feel really judged if they land on a page and it's not using any of the terminology they would use and it's very clear that the you know the psychologist or therapist or other professional thinks that there is a better 
way of talking about it. We would never do that in the first therapy session with someone, would we? In our first therapy sessions with people, we mirror their language and then we gradually um, modulate it, do some psychoeducation, maybe change uh, the way that they see the issue over time that's part of the therapeutic work it's not part of marketing so on your website you need to speak the language that they're coming with and then you can provide content which maybe gently shifts some of that language that's what some of your blogs could be about um, so don't be afraid to speak their language it, it means that they'll feel understood and like you're a safe person for them to come to key principle number three Provide content that shows your approach rather than telling them about it. This is why you need to be creating content like blogs, videos, or podcasts. In my mind, having a website but not bothering to do that stuff is a bit like saying to somebody, you know, come and get your hair cut at my salon, but I'm not going to show you any pictures of people's hair. so, you know, people need to get a sense of who you are as a professional. They need to get a sense of why you're the best professional for them. You know, whether you're a psychologist or a therapist or whether you're promoting an online course or a book, people really do need to get a sense of what makes you different from other psychologists and therapists and why they should choose you, why you'd be a good fit for them. And equally, they need to, to know about it in advance if you're not the right fit for them. So the problem with this is that we can get really tempted to say things on our home pages like, you know, I am compassion focused or I create a safe, non-judgmental space. And the thing is, all of that means a lot to me and it probably means a lot to you, but it isn't going to mean anything to most of our potential clients. So instead of saying all of that stuff, I think it's much, much better to provide some blog posts or videos or podcasts on your site that show you in action, that show you kind of working through a, a difficult problem. Like, you know, say a common one, one that I've, I've written a few times actually for different places is a blog post that starts with a story of me having a panic attack <laughs> um, in the supermarket. And then I talk about kind of some of the um, processes that are going on during a panic attack and how I would deal with that. So in that, I'm showing them, yes, how I dealt with it myself, but also how I would deal with it with a client. So they're, they're being shown my approach um, rather than me telling them because the words that we use to try and tell people about our approaches just don't mean anything. The fourth key principle, remember that people that land on your site are really overwhelmed. Keep things short keep things sweet um, and don't try and tell them everything they could possibly need to know. You know, you've got your contact me buttons, you've got your frequently asked questions, um, or I recommend that you do anyway, one of your blogs should be a frequently asked questions, um, and, and put some trust that if people have got further questions, they'll ask you. You don't want to put everything on the page because we all know when we've been struggling, when we're overwhelmed, we can't really read very much. So you don't want to make it difficult for people to, to find the button where they go, yes, contact this person. Principle number five, uh, and this is one I got from Melissa. So do go back and listen to my podcast um, with Melissa about website design because this is something I really hadn't thought of before but I think is really powerful and that is to use positive and hopeful imagery and language. 
so I know we're talking about words today, but you know, it, the physical images that you put on your website, they need to show people the hope and the transformation um, that they can achieve and that it is possible to feel better than they do right now. But in your language, also think about the metaphors you're using. Try and use positive metaphors and use language that reflects hope. Uh, which brings me to key principle number six. And that is when you're thinking about images and you're thinking about your language, make sure that it's inclusive. Now, this is somewhere I think I've fallen down quite badly, um, and especially writing for the perinatal space. So some of you might know at the moment, my perinatal psychology site is down at the minute, um, and that's because, because of my own pregnancy. Um, when I knew that I was going to be trying for a baby, I decided to take all of that down, um, because for various reasons, it was a bit difficult for me to do perinatal work at that time. Um, so I decided to pause all of that. So at the moment, my site is down. And actually, I've taken the opportunity while it's been down to reevaluate it with a more 2021 mindset. So I wrote most of this stuff years ago. And actually, I don't think the language is as inclusive as it could be. And the images are mostly of me. <laughs> um, and that's partly because that's what I could afford. And I, I, you know, I had babies at the time, so I could, you know, I could get some nice shots of, um, you know, maybe anonymized kind of versions of me. There's lots of the back of my head holding a baby and that kind of thing. Um, but it's mainly pictures of me and of people who were local to me at the time who were willing to do photo shoots. And all of those people are white and all of those people kind of look middle class. Um, and so I'm not sure that that is the image that I want to put out anymore. I think I want to do something about that. Um, so don't have a go at yourself if you look at your website and you realise it's not the most inclusive place ever. It's it's something which I think we've all got to be continuously working on and it's something that I'm going to be working on in the future. So that's principle number six. Principle number seven, um, which might seem like a counterbalance, do show lots of yourself. <laughs> um, so do make sure that you've got some professionally taken headshots of you on there. Um, and depending on your brand and how you want to communicate with your ideal clients, I think it can be really helpful to have some less formal shots of you too. So they can get a bit of a sense of how you are present in the room. So I love to have a YouTube video of me talking. Um, I think that really helps people know whether they're gonna get on with me or not. Um, but I also make sure that I have some professional shots of me on kind of my contact page, my about page, and on the home page, um, just so people can get a good sense of, of who you are and feel sort of welcomed by you. There's a lot of evidence that that is really important and that the images are actually the number one decider of um, that people use to decide what therapist to go with. Um, if I can't remember where I read about it. I think it's either Counselling Directory or Psychology Today did some research on this. And so... I know that it can feel like a bit of an investment, but actually go to a networking event that's local to you. They're all on Zoom at the moment, so that's fine. Um, and get a local photographer to do it for you. They can do such a better job than we can do on our own. And it is really, really important. So key principle number eight, tell stories. So this is key to all writing. Anything that you can illustrate with a personal story, 
a client story or a composite story that's a bit of a mix of both, it really helps people understand the point that you're making and it helps people relate to you and to your content. So all the way through your website, I'd be advising you to use stories. Now, when you're writing for your website, you do need to have specific keywords in mind that people might be searching for on Google. And this is because these are some keywords that Google can use to make sense of what your content is about so it can direct the right people to your website. So this is your way of helping Google serve up your website to the people that need it the most. So it really is important. So the first thing you need to think about, well, first thing you need to think about is knowing your ideal clients. You have to get to know your ideal clients inside out. So go back to the podcast episode on finding your ideal clients and getting to know them for some tips on how you can really get under their skin and get to understand who they are and how they talk. So for your keywords, you really need to be thinking about what statements or questions your ideal clients might make about themselves. When they come to see you, what are the first words that come out of their mouths when they describe what they need help with? How do they answer that question? What's bringing you to therapy? (laughs) That we all ask in every assessment. And the answers to those questions should really form your keywords. So I'm not going to go into fancy tips and tricks today to find the best keywords for your ideal clients. There are lots of tools that you can use to know how often particular terms are searched for. And if you're looking for that, then have a look at the podcast episode I recorded with Vicky Jakes, um, because she is an absolute expert in finding those keywords. Um, So if you need a bit of help locating your keywords, I'd go back to that episode. But to be honest, the real conversations that you have with people, they're the best tools that are at your disposal. So write down the words they use and you're not going to go very far wrong. And then pick the ones that you think are most likely to be searched for and just make sure that you repeat those keywords a few times in your homepage copy, ideally in the subheadings um, and on all the other pages of your websites too. That just helps Google to understand what your page is about and who's going to find it helpful. So when we think about writing for our website, it's really important to remember what the purpose of your site is. So you need to think about why you're bothering to create this site. And essentially, I think it comes down to three key things that you want to be doing with your website, whatever it is that you're promoting. So firstly, you're trying to communicate that you understand your ideal client, you understand where they're at now and that you can help them. You want to give them some clear calls to action where you are pointing them to deeper information and ultimately encouraging them to work with you. And you also want to use that space to talk a bit about your story, about why you do the work that you do and show people why you're the most passionate and committed professional who wants to work with them. So let's have a think then about the homepage because the homepage is the most important page on your site. It's the one that people are gonna land on the most frequently. And when somebody lands on your site, you want them to immediately see a statement or question that speaks directly to their problems and gives them the sense that you belong here. So for example, Mariam, who's one of my students in psychology business school, 
She's looking to help executives whose anxiety means that they can't give presentations at work, even though they're highly competent. So she could ask something like, do you feel sick whenever you open PowerPoint? Or something similar. So right at the top, it's starting with a statement that lets them know that you know exactly where they're at right now and that you understand. My drrosie.co.uk website is aiming to help leaders and entrepreneurs who feel constantly burned out and overwhelmed and kind of think that's par for the course. They often tell me, in fact, that surely feeling like this is an inevitable consequence of success and that can make them feel quite hopeless. So I often, I open with a statement that speaks directly to that fear and immediately offers them some hope that it doesn't have to be like that. On your homepage, you don't want to spend words talking about your approach or techniques because your ideal clients either won't care or they won't understand it. So even words, like I think we touched on this before, like I provide a safe non-judgmental space, they don't mean anything to non-mental health professionals. So it's best not to take up potential clients' time with them. Instead, provide something that shows your warmth and gives an indication of what a session with you would be like. So a video of you demonstrating a technique or introducing yourself is perfect on the homepage. Plus, links to blogs and podcasts you've made that solve problems for people are really good to include too. You might also want to include a list or a paragraph about the things people who come to you are most often struggling with. For my ideal clients for this drosie.co.uk site, they often have lots of IBS and tummy trouble and they've been told by their GP that this is linked to stress. So I want to make sure that I mention that I can help them with that. And again, it shows that I understand and welcome that particular problem so they don't have to worry I might reject them. If you think about if you've ever been in the situation where you've been looking for a therapist, that fear that you might approach the wrong person and they might say, oh God, no, I can't help people like you. Um, that's really present for a lot of people when they're thinking about approaching a therapist. And so using just that list of these are the common things that I see and that I can help with can really help validate somebody and give them that bit of security they need to press the contact me button. Finally, I know I go on about this, I know I do, <laughs> but I really, really mean it. On your homepage, tell some kind of story that's relatable to your ideal client to show them that you know them, you like working with them, um, and you've dealt with this kind of thing before. So an example I actually quite like from my perinatal site, um, which I've told you there are some issues with, but I, but I quite like this story that I put on there. Um, it's called Perfect Polly. <laughs> That's what I've called it in my story bank. Um, so in that example, I'm basically saying, you know how rubbish it feels when you meet that perfect woman who has, you know, you meet her, she's two weeks postpartum, she's on her way back from her kettlebells class, she looks about 22 years old and you know she's in her 30s um, and she just seems to have everything sorted and her her birth was all whale music and water birth and, and all of that stuff and and you just feel crap <laughs> that's basically the story um and for my ideal client for that site that hopefully lets them know that you know I, I know a bit about how they feel and I know how difficult it is when you're comparing yourself to all the other parents out there so it's a story that hopefully is a little bit entertaining, but it's got a real purpose to it. And that's to help people feel understood and included on my site. 
If you're using a story like that, then you might want to also say something like, of course, everyone is different, but if you find some parts of my or this client's story relatable, then we know how to help. So it's not, you, you, you don't want to make the assumption that every person who lands on the page is going to relate to that story. But usually in most stories, if you're focusing on the emotion of the story, people will relate to that feeling. So sometimes I think it's important to, to say that, to, to make that explicit, that it's not necessarily that you've been in that situation or that everybody has, but it's, it's if you can relate to the feeling behind it, then we can help you. Okay, the second most important page on your website is the about page. Now, the biggest mistake people make is making the about page about them. And I know that's what it says on the tin, <laughs> but it's not really a page about you. This is actually a story page. This is a story that's not about you, but it's about why you're the right person to help your ideal client. So if you feel comfortable sharing your experiences, this is a really great place to do it. If you don't feel comfortable sharing your experiences, you could share a pivotal client story. You could share, you know, that moment when you realized you had to work in, you know, perinatal. A good, a good example of this actually is Lindsay. So one of our psychology business school students, Lindsay McMillan, um, she works in perinatal psychology and her specialism is in gender disappointment. And Lindsay talks really nicely on her about page about um, why she she came to feel passionate about that subject. She doesn't talk about her own experience directly. Um, what she talks about is the experience of you know people that she's worked with and how seeing that distress made her really passionate about working in this field. So that's another option if you don't feel comfortable about sharing personal experiences here. On my about page, I do. I share the facts that you know I, I like working with you know high-flying parents who then find pregnancy and parenthood really difficult because that was me. I found pregnancy really, really difficult um, from a mental health perspective. Um, and it really shocked me <laughs> how difficult it was. Uh, and that is what motivates me to, to work with those people. And I, I'm happy to share that on my about page. But not everybody is. So you can you can find another way of, of crafting that story. So long as it gives a real and authentic account of where your passion comes from. Uh, and you do also want to give a very brief account of your qualifications. And I would stick to your core qualifications here. Um, just so that if people want to look that up, then they know where to look. You might want to give your HCPC number um, and explain briefly why it's good to be accredited by your accrediting body. And that is literally all I would do. I would put the logos of the accredit accrediting bodies um, so that you don't have to go into much detail about them um, and just list my core training um, and maybe you know a couple of special interests or if you've published anything that people might want to look at, that could be good to put there. So you've probably got a few ideas now about things that you want to include and things that maybe you want to remove from your homepage and your about page. But there might be a few people listening to this who feel a bit blocked, who are struggling a little bit with actually putting words on the screen or words on paper if you like to do what I do and write it all out by hand first. So I wanted to share my tip really. For, so if that's you, what you can do about it. So 
My top tip for writing when you're getting stuck is to record yourself. So close your eyes and imagine a client that you're meeting for the first time. Out loud, tell them who you are and how you help them. And do all of your writing, imagining you're speaking to that ideal client. Now, if you're doing pretty well in your practice, so you've got lots and lots of of clients, um, but maybe not quite the right clients, so you want to work on your website, but you don't have a lot of time, or maybe you're only in private practice one day a week and you're trying to squeeze this in with a four day a week NHS job, then I would consider doing that recording Um, You can do it straight into Google Docs, actually, um, which will transcribe it immediately for you. Or you could record it as a voice note on your phone, whatever is most easy for you. Then sending that to a copywriter and getting them to work some magic. So listen to the episode with Ali Lynn. She's a copywriter who does that kind of stuff and has helped me in the past and is brilliant. Um, She's brilliant, A, because she's a great writer, but also because she used to be a therapist. So she understands on a values level where we're coming from with our writing, which I think is really, really important. Um, But do consider that. So I love writing and most of my writing I, I choose to do myself. But if you are really up against it time wise and this is not something that you enjoy, then just record yourself talking and then give that to a copywriter who can then write authentically in your voice. That's their skill. So you do have to do the work. You do have to do that work of, you know, getting to know your ideal client. You do have to imagine yourself talking to them and record something like that. Um, Otherwise, a copywriter is just going to write something bland and that's not going to help you. It's not going to help your ideal clients either. But if you take the time to do that, there is no reason at all for you to slave over it when a copywriter can often do a really good job of helping you out. So I hope that's given you some ideas and some top tips and key principles for writing for your site. So we've talked through the key principles for any kind of writing you're doing. We've talked through the importance of having keywords for your website that you scatter through your homepage, about page and all your other pages. And then we've touched on the key things that you want to include in a home page and about page, the most important pages of your website. So I hope that gives you what you need to get going with your website and to unblock you if you're stuck. Like I said, I've mentioned quite a few other podcast episodes that we've recorded in this episode. So if you head over to the show notes at psychologybusinessschool.com, you will find all of the links that you need um, to follow to go deeper on any of the topics that we've touched on today. And please do let me know if you've got any other questions about writing or anything that's getting you stuck, because I'd love to create another podcast episode on it, or I might be able to answer it in our Facebook community in one of our live Q&A sessions. So don't suffer in silence. Are you stuck in private practice paralysis? We've all been there. Beat the overwhelm, imposter syndrome and insecurity by creating a business plan that gives you confidence. This summer, I'm excited to bring you our free 50-minute training so you can take your first step to a fulfilling, financially rewarding and enjoyable practice. Whether you're looking to start your independent practice in September or you've decided it's time for a major overhaul in the way you run your existing practice, choose your date and book your space on the free training at psychologybusinessschool.com 
forward slash webinar. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. If you share my passion for doing more than therapy, then make sure you come over and join my free Do More Than Therapy Facebook community, where you can work on getting your big ideas off the ground with like-minded psychologists and therapists. I'd also love it if you could leave this show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help more of the people who need it to find it. See you next week for more tips and inspirational stories to help you do more than therapy. Therapy.